Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity again to bring your word to your children. Spirit of God, take hold of these words. And let them accomplish the purpose for which you have sent them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, today is our last day on the marriage and family series for this period. And I principally want to address, as far as I'm concerned, the most important single issue in Christian marriage. And then, if I have the time, I will work on the seven most deadly poisons to Christian marriages. My father left us a legacy. He's been dead now for 32 years. But one thing we were sure of was 4 a.m. Papa will get up and wake all of us up for morning prayers and in the evening he would make sure we prayed before we slept. Now, I am saying this because I want to register that our schools cannot produce Ghanaians with character. Our businesses and corporations cannot produce Africans with character. All the world over, the formative years of all human beings are sealed in the home. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, is clear. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Therefore, if the foundations of character building 
have not been well attended to in the home, it is difficult for anything else to be done about it. This is what Psalm 11 verse 3 says. That if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So, allow me to spend time to talk about the family altar. One of the greatest reasons why a man is needed in every home is because discipline and character building has been committed to manhood in a distinct way. I want us to read Genesis chapter 18 from verse 17 to 19. First of all, Genesis chapter 18 from verse 17 through to 19. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children. I, God, have chosen Abraham so that he will direct his children. And his household after him. Yes. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. If you do not build conscience, character, and moral, right and wrong, into the child in the home, you destroy the child before he becomes anything again. You can see why in the New Testament, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says the bishop, the overseer, the elder, must be responsible for the character his home, his children, and his wife. Because if he cannot lead, guide, train his home, he is no use being given an office in the church. First Timothy chapter 3 verses 4 to 5. He must manage his own family well. He must manage his own family well. And see that his children obey him with proper respect. See that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how, 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 how can he take care of God's church? The scripture uses the way you father your home. 
you husband your wife as an index to prove your ability to take care of spiritual things. I don't want us to downplay this area at all. And I cannot discuss all the topics within my time. But I'm taking the most important, the family altar. What do we mean by family altar? Why is family altar important? How do we handle the family altar? What are the benefits of the family altar? What are the challenges of the family altar? What are the enemies of the family altar? And how do you overcome them? The family altar is the time you set apart so that you and your household can meet God in prayer and the reading of the Bible. The family altar is a time of devotion when you lead the whole family before God as the priest of the home. Now, when the father of the home is not there, the mother is the second in command and must do that. I am taking it for granted in this sermon that when I talk about the man and the father, Women, as joint heirs of eternal life and assistant commanders will understand that. I remember one time when I came back from one of my trips, my wife complained that whenever I wake up the children for morning prayers, they drag their feet. Some of them don't even want to come. So I questioned the children. Is it true? Your mommy says, if she calls you, then one of them said, Daddy, you don't understand. When mommy says we should get up in the morning, there is something in her voice which tells us nothing will happen if you don't get up. But when you come and stand at the door and call us, we hear in your voice a certain ring of authority which summons us. That's why we get up. Hey, daddy is at the door. The family altar is critical for seven reasons. Number one, a working knowledge of the Bible. No matter how busy you are, God expects you to plant the Bible in your children. Let us read Deuteronomy chapter 6. We can read from verse 6 to 9. And then after that, we will tackle chapter 17. 
Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 to 9, first of all. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. The commandment I give you today shall be in your heart. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Impress them. Impress them on your children. Print them on your children's hearts. Talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about them when you sit and at home. And when you walk along the road. And when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Tie them as symbols on your hands. And bind them on your forehead. Bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your house. Write them on the door frames of your and house. And on your gates. And on your gates. Not only that. In Deuteronomy. Chapter 17. Uh, for our purposes, I want us to read from verse 17 all the way to 20. The king has to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law. When he takes the throne, he should write for himself a copy of the scroll of the law. He should write for himself. Yes. He is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law, taken from that of the priests who are Levites. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life. Now, why, the reason I wanted us to read this particular passage is because I meet a lot of fathers, I meet a lot of men who tell me I'm too busy to have family devotion with my children. Any human being who is too busy to read the Bible together with your family and pray with your family. You are more busy than God wants you to be. Because even the king of Israel is not to be too busy to read the books of the words of this law. Day and night. Listen to the prophet. Yes. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that, so that he may learn to revere the Lord he, his God. He may learn to fear God. And follow carefully all the words of this law. Yes. And these decrees and not consider himself better than his brothers. His heart will not be lifted up and he will consider himself better than his brothers. The Bible, the Bible gives you a conscience which is not proud. A conscience which can treat fellow human beings like yourself. But let's quickly jump to Deuteronomy chapter 31. We are reading from verse 10 to 17. Moses told Israel, when you enter the promised land, once in every seven years, assemble the whole Israel, young and old, men and women, all who can hear and understand. And every seven years, read through the whole Bible with them. Deuteronomy 31. We are reading from chapter 31. 10 to 13. We are 10 to 13. 10 to 13. Then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years, in the year for canceling debts, during the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God, at the place he will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the 
people, men, women, and children, and the aliens living in your towns, so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God, and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan. The to first process. thing the family altar does is as you read the Bible day and night in the home, it gives your children a working knowledge of the Bible. But the second thing it does is it gives your children conscience. It gives them fear of God. It builds character. They learn to recognize an authority bigger than daddy and mommy. They learn to see an invisible eye watching them when they are accountants, when they are lawyers, when they are judges, when they are president and parliamentarians. There is a bigger person than them watching them. And this can only come from home. Number three, the family altar teaches your children to pray. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The truth about that is that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Peter encourages us, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Prayer is a panacea in this 21st century to help your children against depression, against suicide, and against the onslaught of unnecessary anxiety and worry. Because when your children learn to pray, they learn to touch the hand which moves the universe. They quickly build a faith for themselves, which makes it so that whether or not daddy and mommy can provide something, they can go to God and ask him. The fourth thing that the family altar does, is it brings the family together. You have family time together. Questions are answered. Explanations are given. You know, children, they ask hundreds of questions. And hey, daddy, why does the sun rise from the east? Daddy, why does it rain so often? Daddy, and whenever you are with children, questions. The Bible answers the questions. And whenever you are reading the Bible, you have opportunity to discuss with your children issues which, like sex education. When you come to Genesis 
chapter 34. And Dinah was raped by Shechem. You wake up and the kids ask questions. And it is an opportunity to talk to them and do sex education. It is the same. The Ten Commandments, they say, oh daddy, what does it mean that, uh, when he says you should not convert? Me, I don't understand. Then you explain it. And as you do that, you become the source of knowledge and education through the Bible for the children. They do not learn to make their peers their educators. They see the Bible and Jesus as people who are authorities they should look up to. That family time also allows you to catch up with them. There are things they will raise up for prayer. There are things they will raise up for discussion. And when they do that, you can now enter their lives and work with them. But number six is the family altar is the point where the whole family can have a united front forever in life. You meet a lot of families. When you look at the children and what they want to do and where they want to go and what they are living for, it's very different from the homes they come from. Why? Because, you see, when you read the Bible together and pray together as a family, you have the Spirit of God binding your spirits together. You have a common understanding, common conscience. Your priorities are the same because the Bible priorities gradually enter the family and begin to rule. A family that prays together and reads the Bible together stays together. And it is not only with the children. Even with your wife or husband. There are many things in which we are different and we think differently. We have different opinions because of the homes we come from. But when you read your Bible with your wife... She begins to line up her understanding and attitudes with the Bible. You, the husband, also line up your understanding and attitudes with the Bible. So at the end of the day, you are able to speak the same thing, have the same opinion, have the same judgment, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. There is no way in which you can easily convince a 21st century lady that what you are saying is true. She also has reasons why she's holding what she's holding. And before you know what, you are at each other's truths. But if you make it a point to pray and read your Bible, common understanding begins to, to come into the family. And that does wonders. But yet the last major point why the family altar is critical 
is that in this difficult these difficult times satan fights marriages he has always fought them but you must understand that in genesis chapter 3 from verse 8 when god came and asked the man how did who told you you were naked the man's first response was the woman you gave me she ate and gave me to eat you see when the, a woman was first brought to adam he said bone of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she has been taken out of man and he was so excited about her but after the sin he began to accuse both god and the woman he said this thing a problem is you the woman you gave me and it's the woman who ate it she gave me to it and the problem begins from there so your home needs a, 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 a shield against satan and all his efforts how do you do that by constant prayer bible and seeking the face of god when you move god into the family and he is the center of the family because of the family altar and devotion time he fights satan for you he makes himself an enemy to your enemies and that is the biggest thing you can get out of the family altar. I can't tell you the number of times we have had to pray, we have had to fast as a family, and you name it, for breakthroughs. There are areas I disagree with my wife, but we just say, let's pray about it. And every single day before we go to bed, I pray with my wife. And so when we bring up the topic, it is easy for heaven to come in and give us united front. So our disagreements dissolve during the prayer time. I know that now that I'm starting with how to have the family altar, some men are going to shout. But don't be afraid. Be a man. What I do now is we have one hour prayer and Bible in the morning. And roughly 30 minutes Bible and prayer in the evening every day. It is not because I am a pastor. It is because it is necessary. So we do, we pray for one hour. We read one chapter of the Bible in the morning. In the evening, we read another chapter of the Bible. And then we pray. I did not start that way. At first, when I got married, 
I would only pray with my wife. Then the children began to come. My grandmother-in-law moved into our home and stayed with us for 20 years. Therefore, just praying and reading my Bible with my wife alone was not enough. So we came outside and we were having the time of devotion with the whole household. Now, initially, we would just do it in the morning and do some sermon revision and that was all. But after some time, we got a lot more serious about it. And I stayed in Hogwe for 12 years as the Volta Regional Pastor. When I was transferred to the greater Accra region, I came to Accra, the capital of Ghana. I was the head of our church and I was pastoring a local assembly for 11 years. I insisted that we should have our family altar. And, of course, I had to bear the problem. My kids were always late to school. Because we had such a, a long time of Bible and prayer that immediately they got ready for school and went. Sometimes the teachers would ask them, why are you late? And they say, ah, we were praying and reading the Bible. He said, go back home. Go back home and go and pray and read your Bible. And after a few days of being sent back, uh, my wife and I looked at one another to ask ourselves whether we were being wise. But I went and prayed and I told myself that even if the children be dismissed from school, I don't care. We will have the, the daily prayer time. I'm glad that as I stand here now, all five of my children have finished the university with degrees. It means... <clears throat> Satan wanted to frighten me to stop this Bible, Bible thing. You see, you, you see. Your children, they can't go to school. But God has been with me. Now, I, I am not pressing everybody to have so much time. But I am pleading with every man. Today is Father's Day. To pick up a backbone, courage, to summon your house to morning and evening prayer and Bible reading. It is better to have five minutes together as a family before God on a daily basis than not to have it at all. I know, I know your excuse. You have to leave for work by this time. And if you don't jump the traffic and all, well, the choice is yours. You must understand that when you die, your workplace will replace you with another accountant, another teacher. But you go and stand before the God who sent you to this earth. You are not here, first of all, to be a teacher, to be an accountant. 
to be a doctor. You are here because God sent you with an assignment. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which He gave us, prepared for us beforehand, that we should walk in them. If your day is so busy, no Bible, no prayer, because you are busy, then you are too busy. What are the challenges? The family altar demands discipline. You have to get up on time and be at post. It is your discipline of making the time as the father of the home which will cause your wife and children to respect the family time. If you yourself are weak, you oversleep, you are somehow, you know, nonchalant about it, what will happen is that it will break down. Nobody will respect it again. A second option, which I see most of my, my men doing, is to say, oh, your mother will have devotion with you. You are a cheap man. Look, the building of character into your children, your household, is your personal responsibility as a man. That is what fatherhood is for. That is what fatherhood is for. A mother's love is such that she can gloss over many things. But a father's discipline will carry the day. You have to understand that you are the model for your sons. But you are not only the model for your sons. Every daughter you have looks up to the father as the biggest picture and image of the husbands you have. When the father figure is irresponsible and fails his duty, everything is lost. I was looking at the statistics recently from the U.S. And they were certifying that when the mother goes to church, 47% of the family goes to church. But when the father goes to church regularly, 93% of the family goes to church. Now, I believe these statistics because it is from two sources. One is from Switzerland. And they were not investigating religiosity. They were just investigating the family influence. So, the man in the home is a critical factor in deciding where the children and the household tilt. And that is your responsibility. Now, if you abandon it and give it to your wife, she can only lead them according to what a woman can do. 
Some men too are afraid of their wives. Your wife is more educated than you. Your wife's English is better than yours. So the moment you sit down to read the Bible, she'll be correcting your English and you in front of the children and finally you give up. Now, it, you can easily solve that problem. When you gather, since your wife is more educated, English is better. Let her read the Bible. Then there will be nobody to correct the English again. You see? Say, oh, we are having family devotion. And anything you see that you are deficient in as a man, let your wife do it. Then you are, your problem is solved. And the children need their father to be there at the family altar. You can't run away from it. Today is Father's Day. I can say it. Now, the other challenge is when you and your wife come for morning prayers, but your children refuse to come. This normally does not happen until the children become adolescents. When they are adolescents, that is the tough time of life, both for you as a parent and for them too as human beings. They're busy discovering themselves, they feel daddy and mommy are stupid and they don't think well and that they are too slow for them and all. There's a generation gap and everything. But still, if you start early with them when they are kids, you will see that growing up into making it a habit of the home, a tradition of the home, will not be difficult. Even where they are beyond your forcing them to come, threatening them to come, and using your papahood or papacy to, 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 to bring them, all the same, if they see that daddy doesn't like it when I don't come for morning prayers, mommy doesn't like it when I don't come for morning prayers, gradually, they will come back. Now, let me close this session with the truth. Today, evolution is being taught in our schools as a scientific fact. So when your child leaves home and goes to school, even the textbooks are being revised that marriage can be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. They are revising the textbooks. What about religion? All the religions are being lined up as possibilities. Therefore, if your son or daughter is not grounded in what you believe from home, you are paying school fees so that they will destroy the faith of the children you have. You have to understand this. It is critical to let the Bible convince your children so that when they are in primary school, they are in JHS, they are in SHS or they get to the university, the faith planted in them will carry them for the years to come. 
I was ashamed when I read the statistics to find out that the average Christian church loses two out of their three children by the time the children get to the university from the faith. You see? They hold to the faith because you are around. And immediately they get the university and they are free. They throw off the Christian name and call themselves Kweku. And tell their friends, oh, call me a Panawewe. And that name, your daddy, no, leave that. We lose over 66% of Christian children born in Christian homes by the time they get the university. Look at Europe right now. Of all the continents in the world, Europe hell was the most Christian nation, uh, continent for 1,300 years. Right now, it is the continent with the least amount of born-again Christians in the world. Less than 2.5% of the whole Europe is now evangelical. As I speak. And the majority of them were born and bred in Christian homes. And they grow up and they say, I don't want the faith for anything. Africa must learn sense from that. We must build our homes. And the family altar is the gun to use to build them. God bless you. Okay. Heavenly Father, today is Father's Day. I pray that every father listening to me will take up the mantle of responsibility to bring the family altar back into our homes. That we shall not be too busy to care for the Bible intake and the prayer life of our wives and children. Lord, Heavenly Father, may these words do their work in the homes so that we will train our children in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. Let every father hearing my voice stand up. Give us backbone. Give us strength of character. Give us political will to be able to to bring the Bible and prayer back into every Christian home so that our children will stand for the generations to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.